Don't tell me that you can tell those two pigs apart. <laughs> absolutely can. Is one of them CGI? I don't know. I don't remember. One is a cartoon. <laughs> hey there. I'm Jordan. And I'm Nick. We're just two regular guys who love talking about film. And now we'd like to talk to you. We decided to break down our discussions into three parts. Because everyone loves a gimmick. We discuss our expectations for a film before we watch it. That's take one. We give our immediate thoughts following the film. That's take two. And finally, we research the film at length to prepare for an informed and in-depth discussion. And that's take three. So if you love film even half as much as we do, join in on the conversation. This is Take Three, a movie podcast. Take one. So how are you doing on that list of scary movies that you're working through? (laughs) I've not started yet. Oh, you haven't? Okay, well, that's okay. No, I have been catching up on movies that I've been meaning to watch for a long time that aren't necessarily horror. But yeah, no, I haven't really started it yet. (laughs) Okay, well, that's a good start to the episode. Hi, I'm Nick, and this is Jordan. Yep. And it is spooky season for sure. And we're coming at you with a movie that I think both of us have loved for a very, very, very long time. I was certainly too young to remember when I even first saw this. But I bet you I was afraid of it when I was little. (laughs) I think speaking of being scared, one of my biggest fears is rewatching this movie now and realizing that it is not good because... No, bullshit. It's great. It's going to be great. Don't worry. Yeah. I uh... Guys, it's Casper. It's going to be great. Yeah, it has such a special place in my heart. Totally, totally. It's silly. It's really cute. It has the can I keep you line. Yeah. We'll forever appreciate Christina Ricci and everything she's done. She's just done so much for us. Our Lord and Savior. I agree. I think that's probably the first thing I ever saw her in. And whenever I see her, I think of that movie. Yeah, Christina Ricci, I kind of associate her with like Lindsay Lohan, where they were just like in a bunch of stuff that I really loved as a kid. And I was like, how are you in all this awesome stuff? What else was Christina Ricci in that you liked? Adam's Family. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. She was in one that for some reason we watched so many times when I was little. It's called something about like Gold Bear Mountain or something or like Route to Bear Mountain or let me look it up actually. Man, this is unlocking some stuff that I didn't realize was locked away. Hold on. Okay. But she's also in Legend of Sleepy Hollow. I haven't seen that one. Obviously, she grew up and is the best part of Yellow Jackets. Although, I've not seen Yellow Jackets season two, but she was the best part of season one. I second that. I agree, totally. Yeah. Speed Racer? Oh my god, I forgot about Speed Racer. That's another one I haven't seen, but I want to. Is that a good movie? No, but... (laughs) (laughs) But she's good in it. Honestly, I will say, other than The Matrix, I think it's the best Wachowski movie, but that's not saying a whole lot because every other movie they've ever made, (laughs) very questionable. Monster? I haven't seen that one. I thought you watched that with Charlize Theron? Monster? Oh, that's right. God, I... Yes, yes, I have seen it. And they both were amazing. They both killed it. One of them, literally. Uh, But that that was a great movie. Wow. It's called Gold Diggers, The Secret of Bear Mountain. And it's about Christina Ricci and her mom moving to this new town where Christina Ricci meets this like tomboy kind of butch 
friend and they don't really get along, but then they start to like become best friends. Anna Chlumsky is that girl. I want you to watch this movie so bad because thinking back about it now, like the lesbian vibes are so strong. <laughs> and the fact that I did not pick up on that <laughs> until just now, it's a lesbian movie. It's absolutely a lesbian movie. That's funny. Oh, I wonder where I can watch this. I want to watch this again so bad. But yeah, those two movies for some reason were <laughs> big in my childhood. Do you remember that darn cat? No. What is that? It's like a comedy. It was on, I don't know if it came out in theaters, but I think it was like one of those movies that played on the Disney Channel, but wasn't like a Disney Channel original movie. But she was in that, and it was like a comedy about a cat. A maid is kidnapped and scratches a message onto DC the cat's collar. And when his owner, Patty, discovers this, she plays amateur detective with the help of DC to try to find the culprits. Are we doing another take four where we're watching all these Christina Ricci movies? <laughs> take three, a Christina Ricci podcast. Fuck yeah. <laughs> we're changing the name of the podcast. Anyway, this movie is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I have nothing but fond memories of it. I remember feeling a certain kind of weird way about when um, Casper turns into a human again. Ooh, like good or bad? Good. Oh, really? Oh, okay. What are you talking about? The only thing, like one of the only things that I am thinking about that I am ready to dislike when I rewatch this again is when he turns human because... I feel like he turns into a completely different person. He's like this. Well, totally, but it's Devin Sawa. Oh, Sawa, Sawa. I don't know how you pronounce it. Sure. Is he like 12 in this movie? Yeah, but I mean, I was a I was a minor when I first saw this movie. <laughs> Honestly, like, okay, true. Like, voice changes everything. It's very strange that he sounds and acts completely different. Yeah. Like, but it was such like a beautiful part in the movie. Yeah, and like the the scene was fine, but it was like, and I never, I didn't think twice about it when I watched it, you know, growing up. But now I'm like, that was a weird part to include. I don't know. Um, I do want to talk about Kathy Moriarty as like the is she a realtor? I don't remember what her role was. She's like the raspy voice who's trying Carrigan. To, yes, Carrigan. She was one of the best parts about it. And she, oh man, I can't do this podcast without bringing up Casper meets Wendy. I know. Everyone hates that movie. I fucking love that movie. But she's in that too as one of the like three ants that Hilary Duff has, <laughs> that Wendy has. Wait, really? Yeah, I'm almost positive. Let me double check that. Maybe it's just, yeah, yeah, Casper meets Wendy. There she is. Well, but she's not playing the same character. No, no, no. She's, it's just it's the same actress. But it's just funny that she's in two Casper properties. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. <laughs> Something that was in my family's vocabulary for the longest time. Whenever we would say that something was easy, we would be like, it's a piece of cake, piece of crumb cake. Like, <laughs> yeah. like that is this is such a huge thing in my family. And the inventions in the house, like when she's getting like all dressed in the chair and the shampoo and stuff. Oh, my God. So cool. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. My parents did a renovation on our house when I was like 10 years old. And I like... And they installed that? No, but like I wanted my dad to like include <laughs> shit like that. Like I wanted secret passageways and shit, man. So bad. Yeah. One thing I do remember being particularly afraid of is like towards the beginning of the movie when they're just like 
it's supposed to be comedic, but it's quite terrifying when the people are going in and out of the house and it's like the Ghostbuster cameo and all that, but like trying to exercise the, the ghosts in it. Yeah. Yeah. But then the guy, there, there's like a priest or something. The guy walks yeah, in there. The crumb cake and guy. And he comes out and his head is turned around. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> that used to scare me so bad. I did not like that. I did not like his head turned around like that. What a great time. Oh, I'm really, I'm, I, desperately hope that this movie is still good it better be yeah what's the what's the dad's name bill pullman yeah that's right that's right yeah you know who i get him mixed up with for some reason bill paxton maybe everybody gets those two guys mixed up because their names are so similar though i don't think it's him who's the who's the not jim carrey guy from dumb and dumber oh um jeff daniels yeah i don't know why i get those two mixed up oh yeah they they look similar bill pullman and bill paxton's names are just similar did you say this and i missed it that the human version of casper was in final destination no i thought you knew that i don't know who i didn't know that Okay, so... He's like the main guy in the first Final Destination movie. Yeah, I, I grew up with an older sister and uh, older cousins that all had crushes on him and stuff. That's why you're gay. Yeah. He was in a bunch of movies in the 90s that were pretty popular when it came to my family, at least. Oh, I did not know that, but it makes perfect sense. They have the same face. Yeah. Same rest of it, too. <laughs> rest of it. Yeah, just like this whole body is the same. Yeah. Well, it's too bad he sucks in this movie. He does not suck in this movie. He does. He's so bland. He's in the movie for like 30 seconds. Yeah, and it's, he didn't do good. Sorry. I don't understand why they didn't just let the guy that played Casper play him. When other people become ghosts in the movie, they are still played by the, the actor that plays them. Like Bill Pullman becomes a ghost. He's still played by Bill Pullman. We're giving away a lot of spoilers here for a take one. Are you okay with that? Yes. This movie is 28 years old. We're like, Ghostbusters come in. They turn human. Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's dad. What the fuck? <laughs> Day two. It was a little dated. I don't like it any less, but I think I'm like, okay, I, I the reason I like this so much is purely nostalgia and not really for any groundbreaking storytelling, if that makes any sense. I think it was cute and funny. Yes. And it reminded me of a lot of good memories. Yes. So totally. Yes. But it was still a little funny looking at the house and being like, oh, wow, that house is animated. <laughs> I did not. That I'm normally so sensitive to stuff like that. I did not pick up on that once. And I even told you, I'm like, man, I would love to visit that house. Where is that house? Can I visit with Seth Manor? <laughs> and you were like, did you see that house? Yeah. It's not real. So I think like maybe like the ground level, like, is a set and then i would assume that the rest of it is just it was sort of digital image it was a gorgeous house i don't like yeah, i really loved the inside of it is that art nouveau is that what that is is that the style what the fuck? or is it like i think i have any idea and i should know this but i i'm not sure that i do it's like a very particular style of house haunted house yes this, this is true this is very true i said in the first take i think that i remember certain things scaring me like the guy with his head turned around <laughs> another thing that i used to be very scared of because i don't think i knew who this was when he went from clint eastwood to roddy dangerfield to mel gibson but then to the crypt keeper that freaked me out i was like i don't know who that is you know <laughs> but like i do now and it, that used to scare the crap out of me Actually getting to see the Up and Atom machine again was very nice. Mm -hmm. I really, I do feel like 
a little let down that there's nothing like that <laughs> in my parents' house. But I think this is a really weird comparison. But do you ever have movies from your childhood where you remember very specific things like the food that they eat or something or like like wishing you could eat that food or like there's just very certain like very specific images that are associated to those movies that you've watched give me an example it happened a lot in this movie uh specifically kerrigan's ghost like that was always amazing to watch if the scene where she like is putting her hair up in the ponytail she's wearing that baggy green hoodie she's got the sweatpants on and socks and she's being dragged out the window up none, into that lighthouse none of that rang a bell oh my me. god I mean, like, that I, was so special to me for some reason well, i don't I'm know glad. why i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad that it resonated with you yeah. you brought up something that was very funny during the movie you said it's funny how James and Kerrigan both die and then their ghosts have clothes and on. Clothes, yeah. Just insinuating that the other four ghosts <laughs> died naked. <laughs> and then it's also quite funny that ghosts look like straight up cartoon characters, but angels like <laughs> co- spring back right into their. <laughs> <laughs> like so like if you have unfinished business you get turned into like a yeah like a very strange looking creature like but no one would could you imagine those scenes that the mom is in if she were animated yeah, though she like, were not weird looking too yeah <laughs> that would have been crazy they are all goofy looking as hell i mean like i know at least i remember like the cartoon like, that's what the core four of them looked like. That was one thing that I kind of forgot is that as we started this movie, I'm like, this is an adaptation, clearly. Yeah. And there have been other movies that have come out after this. And I was like, I I don't think I really understood what it was. Was it like a, a show? So I remember like a cartoon. Right. But I don't know. It might have been like a book at first. I don't know. I don't know what it's really baseline i mean we can well, figure that yeah. out yeah stuff to look into this is perfect show for that one thing i am so upset that i didn't bring up and take one was how iconic the music was yo james horner did that mr titanic himself rest in peace did that and i couldn't be happier because that is that's another thing that i remember fondly about that movie it's so like yeah. memorable and you know exactly where it comes from absolutely just the like i feel like several people in my family like if i just said them or just even like sang those notes mm-hmm. they'd be like oh that's the casper yes sound like that is definitely one of the more memorable it's like a motif that mm-hmm. appears throughout the movie sounds right okay why do ghosts lose a finger <laughs> That seems like kind of kicking you while you're down. Yeah. And why didn't they make a joke about that when she went to Pinky Swear with her dad? Very good point. Like yes. that, I felt like was missed opportunity there. Absolutely. But I also feel like if ghosts can interact with physical things, they can fly, they can turn see-through, they can talk to people, people that can interact with anyone they want to it seems like a pretty decent gig to be a ghost it seems like it made or maybe he was just drunk i was like it, was, it seems like it made james drunk but no he was just drunk when he no, died he, right <laughs> yeah he was drunk in real life okay so <laughs> but like i don't know like if if suddenly my dad was like a ghost 
but he could still do all the same things. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, that wouldn't be like, we'd take some getting used to or whatever, but Mm -hmm. like, it would be, it's still cool that, you know, like, hey, now you can fly. (laughs) I forgot that they could leave the house. I thought it was like a, in most ghost stories and things, you're sort of confined to one area and that's sort of your burden to bear that's the the pain of being a ghost is you can't leave but like they literally can go anywhere they can do anything they want to do they can fly and they can be invisible that's fucking dope watching this i know i talked about that one lesbian movie in take one i will be watching that before take three and i will lesbian oh yeah 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 yeah. okay i will also be watching purely for you know more nostalgia hits because i feel like I don't know why we rented that movie so many times, but that was like such a big movie. What was it called again? Something Bear Mountain or uh, oh, Um, Gold Gold Diggers. Uh, Something with Bear Mountain. I don't know. Okay, I'll I'll report back at take three. But I also all waiting on bated breath. I also want to talk about Casper meets Wendy because one thing I the only thing I remember about that film is how many puns there are. And normally I'm not really a fan of puns, but the puns in Casper meets Wendy are so supreme for some reason, just killed the pun game, but they also did it in this one too. It makes me wonder if the cartoon was like that. If the cartoon was just punny. I don't remember. No. Just lots of puns. I don't think I ever saw Casper and Wendy. I feel like I've watched it like every Halloween for the past couple of years because it's just too So fun. it's not like one of those movies that very well could suck but you just really remember fondly no i've actually watched this recently oh yeah oh yeah but this one is different because i know it sucks going into it like Uh, that like i it's it's a much easier time i think um that's valid but yeah i went and did the math i think devin sawa or devin swaw was like 17 when they made this Mm -hmm. and he was playing a 12 year old it just seems weird that they didn't get the guy they just get the guy that voiced him or let devin sawa or whatever the fuck his name is I wasn't paying attention. Did they kiss in the end when he's human? I think so. Ooh. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, they look children, but... Yeah, I guess so. Is it still... I don't know. Okay. So, here's what happened right when I... Right when we, like, stopped watching this. Oh, my God. So, I looked up... I was just looking up... Because I recognized the... I thought I did. I thought I recognized the director's name. So, I just, like, clicked his name on on the Wikipedia page... And saw something he directed, and I got so excited to tell my co-host <laughs> that this guy also directed one of just the most important movies to him. And then, in like a second... Well, you reacted to it, because you were like, oh, oh, and I was like, what? And you are like, I'll talk about it when we record. Yeah, and then you were like, look what I just found out. <laughs> Fucking broke my heart, took my cool thing away from me, like, immediately... Brad Silverling, or whatever the fuck his name is. I think that's what his name is, right? Silverling? I actually don't know. Wow. It's like Scatterling or something. I'm not great at this. Bradley Mitchell Silverling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Okay. Is that what you said? I got it right. Okay, good. Yeah. I did the damn thing. He directed the movie Series of Unfortunate Events. Which means so much to me. You're absolutely right. But you know what's just as cool? That I'm sort of like pulling back. I have another cool thing for you. Yeah. He is married to Amelia, the woman. So it is like a Mike Flanagan, Kate Siegel thing. I was like, when we were watching it, I was like, doesn't that look like Mike Flanagan's wife? Totally. And it kind of is, yeah. Amy Brenneman, she plays Amelia. She's actually in uh, a lot of things. I I was going to say, did she make an appearance in A Series of Unfortunate Events? I can't like think of what she could have been. Ooh, I don't know. Let's see. But I do just want to say that... (laughs) 
right as the movie ended, before you even had that reaction, I was like, hmm, I want to look up this director and see what else he's done. So I was already on my way to Letterboxd to look that up. No, bitch. No. It's true. And no, she's not in that movie. I'm sorry. That's a bummer. But she is in this movie. Yes. And as the only dead person that is not a silly looking cartoon character. <laughs> um, the kids in this movie are just mean. Yeah. They're just all like really mean. And then they are just like, hey, we're throwing this party at your house. Even that big kid that I thought was like being nice to her and asked her to do the dance wound up just being under the spell of that Amber bitch or whatever the fuck her name was. Is her name Amber? It very well could be Amber. She looks like an Amber for sure. Sure. Yeah. But they suck. Yeah. They're mean to her. So, like, I really thought that she would have made at least one human friend, but, like, by the end of it, it's straight up not. Like, they all are going to continue to think she's a freak. I don't think so. They all ran out of her house. Like, the last thing that all happened is their house is haunted, yeah. and they all sprint out of the house. But no one's gonna, like, gonna stop talking about that night, though. She's gonna be the talk of the town. I guess, but I don't know. It was just, like... It was just funny how, like, none of these kids ever are nice to her or anything. They, like, Casper is the only person at Flagstaff or Whipstaff or what the call is it called? Whip. Whip Flash. Whip Flash. When, when, oh my god, I just... Casper's house. <laughs> what is it? When they moved to Casper's house, the only friend that Cat ever made was Casper. It's almost as if it's, like, in his name, you know? What? That he's friendly? Oh, Oh my god, and do you think that's why it's called why the town's called Friendship? Friendship? Yeah. Whipstaff. Did we say that? I did. You didn't. <laughs> because he's he's the friendly ghost. Like it's a part of like I see what you're asking. Like, like if friendship. he's from Friendship. Yeah, he's friendly. That's if, dumb. if the place was called Friendly, then it would be I don't know. Anyway, so are you glad that we watched that? Yeah. That was your pick. You wanted to... You did. You said, you said, oh, let's do Casper. And you seemed excited about it. I mean, I was too. I just want to make sure that you were happy about your choice. I'm happy about my choice. Yes. The look you gave makes me think you don't you don't think that you picked it. I feel like I didn't pick this movie. I would have. I love this movie. I think that's where I'm, what I'm getting at is that like... I feel like this is a very there was excitement from both parties. Oh here. hell yeah, absolutely! <laughs> no, it was just it was just your idea to do it. So I'm I want to make you. sure that you were still because and it that was a, you were still into it because you literally were like, oh, I feel a little dated. It does. Feel, it does. I, I am admittedly a little bit let down, especially towards the end. There are a lot of things that kind of didn't really make sense. Um, like what? Just okay. So they they steal the potion from Kerrigan. Yeah, they go up. In, in the chair, Casper pushes her all the way back up to the house. Uh-huh. The doorbell rings. They have to let everyone in. And then they go right back down. <laughs> like, why did they go up in the first place? Because it was, they had to get all the people in the house to right. be scared of the ghosts. But the doorbell rang after Casper got her up into, like, the house. So it didn't, like, why was he bringing her up there to begin with? It didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. And then there she's like, um, make yourself at home. I have to be, I have to, I'll be right back. And then she leaves and then they're back down in the basement. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It didn't make a lot of sense. Also, maybe the times were just different, but the whole like, can I keep you line is, it was very, very sweet, but I don't think it would hold up as well today. Am I wrong in that? Okay. Like he's a ghost and he's like, oh, can I keep you? Like, can you not leave? Like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, like if he was, I mean, <laughs> so I'm sure that there are people out there that have a problem with it, but like, 
it seems like it came from a pretty innocent place and it was two children it's saying just, that to each other it made me sad because that i feel like uh really didn't age well and that was a moment that was of course very very sweet trying to shit all over everyone's childhood no 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 christina ricci is still the shit mm-hmm. i just love her i know we talked about that before but she's great i don't you are she's just instantly likable even when she was getting like hounded by those the documentarian people or the people <laughs> for that show, the cameramen. Oh my God. In the news, they were like, Cat, short for Kathy, which is also a nickname. And her, we realized later her full name is Kathleen. That made me so mad. I, I'm sure they just got it wrong. I don't buy it. It's just lazy writing. I don't know. <laughs> just a funny observation. I don't know. Funny. Annoying. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of want to be a ghost. You can make that happen. At least for a little while before I go and become like a like a sexy red angel. Or no, I'm gonna go to hell. Yeah, but bitch, you're not gonna be an angel. <laughs> well, <laughs> but like I would like to be a ghost for at least a period of time. I think that would be fun to be able to fly, uh, and to be able to turn invisible. Cool. Yeah. And oh, just the the sheer amount of cameos that were in this movie are very impressive. And again, I think most of them were lost on me when I was little. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I probably, yeah, I think it probably all were lost on me when I was little. But um, clearly, this is a very special movie to a lot of people, I think. And I'm glad that we're doing it. And I can't wait to tell you more about it in take three. Can you wait to tell them more about it in take three, Jordan? I can wait, yeah, until we do it. Oh, okay, yeah, we're not going to do it, like, immediately. No. It'll, okay, yeah. I'm tired. We have to we have to research it and stuff. Yeah. But you guys will, you know the deal. A diagnosis of cancer can be alienating. Cancer in a testicle as a young man can be devastating. A testicle is removed, cancer treatments are discussed, and concepts of masculinity and mortality are challenged in ways you never thought possible. I'm Stephen Crocker, a testicular cancer survivor and board member with the Testicular Cancer Awareness Foundation. It Takes Balls is a podcast by and for testicular cancer survivors, patients, and their loved ones. Listen as survivors and medical providers share their stories and give personal insights into facing and treating a testicular cancer diagnosis. Everyone's journey is unique and equally important. Early detection of testicular cancer saves lives. I hope you're ready because It Takes Balls. Take three. So do you want to tell them what we just did? What did we just do? The music thing. Oh, Nick surprised me with tickets to a candlelit quartet that played some spooky Halloween stuff. Yeah, they played songs like the theme of uh, Stranger Things. They played Thriller. They played Ghostbusters. Beetlejuice. Psycho. Yeah. You name it. Halloween theme. Just like all, all these kinds of spooky... All, all these kind of spooky songs. And it was cool. Mm-hmm. It was nice. I really in, enjoyed it. And I'm glad that you did too. You seem to. I liked it. I liked yeah. it. I, I kept seeing ads for it on TikTok all over. And it seemed interesting. The first thing you said to me was like, are you sure this isn't a scam? Yeah. I think that's because I saw them all over TikTok that I was like, I don't. I guess I just don't trust ads in general. No, I get it. I, I was like, well, you know, I mean, it wasn't that much money. Like, if we don't like it, at least we know, you know? <laughs> yeah. And if we get killed, like, in some back alley, at least we were trying to go do something for Halloween. 
that never crossed my mind. Like, why was that something that you said just now? I don't know. I just, that's the way I think. Okay. At least I was doing something I love. Like, if I, if I, if I die on the way to Burger King, at least I was doing something <laughs> I love. Hopefully I'll die on the way back so I could at least have, like... Your last... Yeah, a yeah. hamburger or something. <laughs> okay, so we're this is take three of Casper, and we did research that we're thinking probably somewhat overlaps because there was not a ton of There wasn't different... a ton. And, like, I looked at so many videos and read so many articles, and there are, like, ten core facts about this movie that all of these videos and articles covered. So it's just like, it's all the same thing. Everyone knows everything about this movie. So we're going to tell you those 10 things. And it's just 10 things. <laughs> well, we're going to tell you those 10 things. Don't worry. If, if, if somebody's at home and they're like, I don't know those 10 things. Bitch, you're no, about to. <laughs> Stay tuned. Okay, so do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? No, have you even been here before? No, okay, I know, I know, I know. Okay, so this movie opened in 1995, Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day? Memorial Day in May. That's like summer. Yeah. This is not a summer movie. I know. I always think that that's so weird. Why would you not release this? Like, I feel like anything related to spookiness needs to be August, September, or October. You know? Like, that's, that's when we're in the mood for it. Anyway, it had a $55 million budget and wound up making $282 million worldwide. So okay. it was a commercial success. However, uh, let's scroll over to Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so the first Casper has a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes for its critic score and 49% for its audience score Mm -hmm. (laughs) the greatest consensus is a meandering mindless family movie that frequently resorts to special effects and transparent sappiness fuck you transparent oh okay okay Uh, we forgive you that was good (laughs) that was good and just because i am awful and i'm a piece of shit and i just did this just to hurt you i looked up the there are two prequels to this movie that got direct to DVD releases. Prequels? Yeah. They came after this? Yeah, they're prequels. That's why they didn't want to making a sequel to these movies because or to to this movie. Right. Because these two movies were shit. Didn't do well. Okay. <laughs> the first one's called Casper A Spirited Beginning. It has a 42% audience score and a 0% that makes me want to watch it so bad. <laughs> Although it only got reviewed five times, so it just means five <laughs> people didn't like it. So it's not that big of a deal. About to be six. Yeah. And then <laughs> Casper meets Wendy, and that's why I did this, just to upset you. It's not a good movie. Okay, well, yeah, I can tell. 46% <laughs> audience score, 17% critic, critic score. score. I don't know. You might have edited this out in take two and if you did, i won't because i haven't no so awesome, i awesome. haven't edited them so but like now i'm wondering if i dreamt this but i remember talking about a movie that was big in my childhood around this time it was something that we rented at the like rental store often it was it's called gold diggers secret of bear mountain oh yeah we definitely talked about did this. we okay. yeah and i told myself i was gonna watch it and instead of watching casper meets wendy I watched this movie and it did bring back memories and I'm glad that I logged it on Letterboxd so that it exists on my Letterboxd. Terrible movie. 
so bad, so, so bad. Acting terrible, script terrible, uh, just story in general, terrible. It's so bad. And it's just a time. But like, you're glad you watched I it. I am. I'm kind of glad I watched it. I'm glad that uh, I relived it. I just feel like Christina Ricci in a ponytail, it just like did something for me when I was growing up. Because she, I think her face is so round. And when she does a ponytail, it's like so tight. And like she just has this like bubble head. And she has one in both Casper and this movie <laughs> for some reason. Uh, and I don't know why that stuck with me. <laughs> But it's about like two little girls and they're lesbians for sure. Uh, just going off doing lesbian things. Um, and I can't recommend it to anyone. And I, that's the last I'll talk about it. I was like, I think we have actually brought this up in all three takes. Probably. I think you might have. It's just a Christina Ricci time. <laughs> that's good. I yeah. mean, I'm glad that you actually got to see it. Mm -hmm. I do want you to you at some watch point. It? No, I do. It was free. We can we can pull it up and we can watch it tonight. No, you can experience the lesbian. I just at some point I want you to watch Casper meets Wendy again and let me know if I would like kill myself during it because it's free. I love Hillary Duff. It's free on YouTube. We could pull it up tonight. There are so many other things that I would rather be doing. Okay, but like, okay, wouldn't you want to? to? Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> you talked me into it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Do you want me to keep going or do you want to keep going? You tell me. Do you have a preference? Um, so I have like the awards now, which it didn't really win. In any. <laughs> <laughs> you should just keep that in. That's the awards, everyone. <laughs> no, it, it, it kind of I won one. <laughs> Shut up. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, you can. Yeah, let's do whatever. <laughs> you can't make me laugh because I know I have to talk now. <laughs> This movie actually got nominated for two Saturn Awards, which are like the genre, like the most prestigious awards that genre movies ever get awarded. I wouldn't say like they're the equivalent of the Oscars, but they're they're awards for genre movies. Are you about to tell me that Casper won an Oscar? Basically, equivalent? Yeah. Um, so Christina Ricci actually won the Best Performance for a Younger Actor Award. Oh, nice. Okay. Which I thought was really cool. And then it also got nominated for Best Fantasy Film, but it lost to Babe. I was like, what the fuck? Babe. Okay. But like, have you seen Babe? Yes, I've seen Babe. It's yeah. a pig. It is a pig. No, Babe is so much more than a pig. Are you kidding me? It's about all what the else? animals. There's like so many animals on that farm. So much happens in that movie. That, that is... That is Charlotte's Web. No, no, no. <laughs> I know the difference between Babe and Charlotte's Web. They're both pigs. Yeah, they're both pigs. Don't tell me that you can tell those two pigs apart. <laughs> I absolutely can. Is one of them CGI? I don't know. I don't remember. One is a cartoon. <laughs> the other is real. I'm animals. talking about the real life C the, the real life the real life CGI. The real life Charlotte's Web. Oh, I haven't seen that one. That's like that came out recently, what a bitch. didn't it? And not that recently dakota banning is a little girl in it right well yeah but that's like what last 10 15 years i'm thinking like the original cartoon charlotte's web yes came out the like original the cartoon charlotte's web yeah babe was not animated babe babe is a real person babe is a real pig. pig yes like not cgi that'll do pig that'll do that's babe i know <laughs> i've seen it i just don't remember it <laughs> It was heartbreaking. I, I could understand how Casper lost to Babe. 
It makes me upset, but I understand it. Okay. <laughs> Is that the only award it won? Yeah. Okay, so I feel like if it won any other awards, it's like shit that I don't care about. We never oh, talk about okay. it. So. <laughs> All right. It didn't pass the Nick test. <laughs> uh, do you want to go or do you want me to keep going now? I need you to interject if you want to. I will. So we. Although through, I do need to get through as much of mine as possible. So it looks like I came up the with research. them and then you copied. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind of peek behind the curtain here. We did compare notes a little bit, which we don't usually do. But uh, we found out that our research was very similar again because we, there's only there's we only actually t- just talked about this like 10 minutes ago on this podcast like you've literally said this already i said that we compared notes no but just that we have similar notes and that there are only 10 things and yeah we just you just said that well i was leading into saying that like because of that fact i might interject with maybe some things or some add-ons to the facts that you already have i actually would rather not be interrupted at all uh so if you just like me to speak for the rest of the time here all right enjoy the rest of the episode guys i guess i'm out (laughs) fuck my drag i guess (laughs) (laughs) you know what's funny about this though (laughs) you know what's funny about this what you and i you had asked me you were like hey have you done any research for casper yet this is a couple days ago and i was like yeah i have some fun facts and behind the scenes, which I always do. Yeah. And I said, I know in the last take, I wanted to talk about the history of Casper and like where he came from and whether he was a cartoon or a comic book or what. I told you those two things. And then you came to me today and we we're like, hey, how are these notes? And it was like, oh, things you didn't know. And like the history of Casper and where he came from. And I'm like, all right, well, fuck you then. That is a lie. <laughs> he so is making true. stuff up. It's not true at all. Wow, Jordan. Wow. You're such an ass. I sent you that message you and you are copying me. That's ridiculous. I am screenshotting. That you would do that. I am. That you would do that in front of all of our <laughs> listeners. I will screenshot and we will post to Instagram the receipts. I don't. I, I say your research. Just, just... I will sue you. Just do it. Oh my god. Nick, I'm just struggling to find anything. Me. I found a bunch of things you didn't know, and then a video that outlined all of Casper's history. You could have either of those if you wanted. No, no. You take them. I'll keep looking. Thank you, though. (laughs) Fuck you. You're such an ass. I gotta tell you, honestly, (laughs) I completely forgot what you even said. I did not, like, be like, oh, I'm I'm just gonna fuck him over. (laughs) Oh my god. <laughs> Oops. Okay. I love this movie. Oh, I love this movie so much. Just go. All just right. Go. So, okay, let's just talk about we'll just talk about Casper, what we know, okay. okay? Casper actually began in 1945 as a theatrical cartoon character for mm. Famous Studios. Did he? Yeah. I didn't know that. Keep going. Famous Studios was an early animation division for Paramount. Correct. But <laughs> Then just yeah, you just say correct. Right, at the yeah. end. Okay. But then Harvey Comics came in and started publishing comics with the character in 1951. Correct. Wrong. Oh. 1952. See, I was <laughs> oh, testing okay. you, bitch. I was testing you and you don't know your shit. I have checked out now at this point. So they just ended up purchasing the character in 1959. And this is the part. You just full on rolled your eyes back in the back of your head when I was like, 
Cat and James's last name is Harvey as an homage to the company, and you're like, <laughs> that is I know that is one of the ten fun facts about this movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I was just inferring. I was like, <laughs> I didn't read that anywhere. I was just like, it's gotta be. Yeah, their last name's Harvey. It's I, gotta be. I I didn't remember that their last name was Harvey. Oh, okay, but that's funny. So. This is another thing that I know that you know, but these people don't know, so we're going to talk to them about it. I read that this movie is the, apparently the first movie in history to have a completely CGI character in a leading role. Tis. Good <laughs> Correct. job. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so I like immediately was like, okay, cool. That's awesome. But that doesn't count animated films because I've always heard that Toy Story was the first CGI animated movie. And so I was like, okay, they must mean live action. But this movie actually came out six months before Toy Story. Mm -hmm. Toy Story came out in November of that year, 1995. So this was the first movie, period, to have a CGI lead. I love that. That's mm -hmm. dope. And, like, to be honest with you, if they were to make a Casper today that looked like the original cartoon Casper, I feel like he would look the same. Like, the, yeah. he looks... Like, the CGI is not bad at all. Mm -mm. Like, he, he looks... He's see-through and he looks sort of animated because that's the way he's supposed to look. I don't really like the the ghost designs of Kerrigan and the dad. Like, I don't know. I wonder if it will if the scene of like her realizing that her dad is dead would have been as impactful if he, if he was just like came, all goofy looking. If he came back as like a double whipped cream, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he was naked, yeah. <laughs> And I don't know that Kerrigan would have been as like frightening. She if, would not have. That's very because true. That's very I mean, true. like the the most frightening people in this movie are supposed to be uh, Stretch, Stinky, and Fatso, and they are goofy as hell looking. So <laughs> whatever, I'm impressed. I really yeah. am. I mean, I think they did a good job on that. It is a feat for sure. And I read somewhere that the kitchen scene alone had more CGI than the entirety of Jurassic Park. And at first. I was like, wow, that's incredible. But then I was like, Jurassic Park had a lot of really practical, a yeah, lot of practical stuff. Impressively practical. Like so they did a lot of really, that's, I mean, and that's to this day why people are like, the first one looks the best. Yeah. Like the dinosaurs in the first one look the best is yeah. because they're, they're full on <laughs> practical for the most part. So I'm less impressed with that fact, but uh, it's still, yeah, I think no, it, was, I mean, it was a feat for sure. It's cool. And I get the comparison because I don't know, if you know this or not, I'm sure you do. <laughs> Steven Spielberg produced this movie. He sure did. Okay, cool. In but. fact, uh, when he was making Jurassic Park, he considered Christina Ricci for the role of the little sister. Um, I'm actually going to need you to uh, to not say that. And I'm going to say that instead. Do you have that as a note? Are you serious? <laughs> Just teasing. Yes. Oh. Of course I do. Yes, Wait, I you do? do? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I do. <laughs> But um, that's okay. <laughs> you say it. I'm just messing with you. Okay. Um, but it was cool that they eventually got to work together. Mm -hmm. For sure. That's neat. Now, we talked about first-time film director Brad Silberling directing this film in Take Two and how he went on to direct the series of Unfortunate Events movie. Yes. Yeah, and you, like, looked Shattered that your... shit up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was really excited to tell you that, and you were like, oh, let me Google this. <laughs> However, something that I found out was that he was sort of a replacement Alex Proyas, who directed The Crow, Dark City, and I, Robot, was actually attached to direct this. Or, God, could you imagine? 
so he he said that like he was thrilled about making like a like a kids fantasy movie that had you know that had serious beats to it but he said that he backed out over creative differences when the screenplay got a bit too silly and apparently lost some of its emotional heft mm-hmm. and like i can see that i mean there are parts in this movie that i think undermine any sort of seriousness that it might trying to be building or headed towards you know i understand that it's trying to tell an emotional story and like suddenly casper's not just a ghost with ghost parents he literally right. died yeah <laughs> and it's you know about losing parents and all of that but then there's like the ghostly trio there are a lot of really stupid jokes and, and yeah. that kind of thing so i think that's probably what drove him away plus he killed that guy didn't he didn't he kill someone or someone on his set died or something i don't know if his brandon lee died but yeah alex price killed him did he i don't remember actually i mean he was the director of the movie but i like I don't remember. I remember a I, lot of bad we stuff. We watched happening. The Crow, right? Didn't we watch The Crow together? I know the girls explained it, and I started it, and I was like, this is not for me. And then you watched it, and you're like, this is for me. I think we both watched that movie together. I don't remember finishing it, though. Maybe I did. I don't I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really remember it either. But yeah, I do remember the girls explaining it. Oh, I also wanted to point out that Alex Proyas also directed the music video to my favorite song, Everywhere by Fleetwood Mac. Really? Yeah. It's actually not that great of a music video, <laughs> but I still thought that that was neat. I was like looking through him like, okay, I know he directed The Crow in Dark City, but let me see if there are any other movies of note that you might think. And I saw iRobot, and then I looked down and I'm like, what? <laughs> Do you have any other music video facts by chance? <laughs> because <laughs> if not i'll fill in the blanks i have absolutely <laughs> no idea what you could be possibly talking about um well let me fill you in the backstreet boys used the lobby slash foyer slash dance floor from this movie in their music video i think it was backstreet's back is that the song it's called everybody oh yeah yeah everybody. yeah 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 long story short us 90s kids had uh, a lot of exposure to that specific. Absolutely. And like just now, when I just heard this fact for the first time, yeah, my mind was blown. (laughs) I'm serious. Like I was like, Holy shit. I can't, I like literally went back and watched the video just now when I just heard it the first time. Just now. Yeah. You know what's I, funny is when I looked this up too, because so I was nostalgic. curious too. Yeah. It was nostalgic, but I got through it and I'm like, this is really cringy. Oh yeah. I was like, I had to turn it off. I was like, I can't watch this. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I grew up with an uh, older sister and older female cousins and stuff. So like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and stuff like that, they were big. None of the videos that they have <laughs> hold up. <laughs> like they just don't. I mean, I don't know. I They just don't. Certainly a different era. Definitely. But that's really fucking cool. And it makes me happy. It's like finding out that they used the In Hocus Pocus. My sister or my one of my cousins sent this to me the other day. That like the field in Hocus Pocus where they're celebrating because they think that they've killed the witches in the school. Yeah, in the kiln. Yeah. Yeah. They think that they've killed them. They're like celebrating outside. They're literally in the field in front of... 
the fountain where f- the Friends opening was shot. Oh my god! Wow. And I was like, "What the hell?" Damn. Yeah, I was like, "That's it's just neat that like <laughs> I mean I guess it's a small world and there are only so many sets." Recycle. You know? Yeah. Yep. Reduce, reuse, reuse recycle, recycle, Rihanna. <laughs> Did you know there's a fan site for this movie? Like a Casper movie fan site. There is a Casper movie fan site. Yes, but specifically, Can we join? is it a club? Specifically, this one, this this particular movie. I don't think it covers anything else from like the prequels or the cartoons or anything. There is a fan site complete with recipes inspired by this movie, which is really funny because when I visited the page to look at the recipes, it's blocked because you have to ask permission for it because it's on Google Drive. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> There's a fan fiction section. Oh my god! Um, and it the last time it was updated was September of 2022. Last September it was updated. Um, they have like an official Twitter. Uh, it has a lot of like fun facts about the movie. But there is a fan site, and it's so funny because it's not anything official. Because the address I'll link it in the in the description, but it's um like sites.google.com slash like <laughs> Casper the movie fan base, whatever. How did you fucking find this? <laughs> I'm just looking up true. I do my job and I do my research very well. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Well, good. Thank you. <laughs> Was it one of the 10 facts? Uh, There's actually a website <laughs> that you can go to. <laughs> no, that's just a... Uh... <laughs> I'll talk about this because this is something I talked about in take two that I, I really loved. So to my dismay... This mansion does not actually exist. Whipstaff does not actually exist. You I, you could have not have said anything, take two, and I would have fully believed that this mansion existed somewhere. Um, and I was very sad to realize that it wasn't. However. <laughs> it's so clearly CGI. It's not, though. Like, the bottom of it isn't, but, like, the top. I missed that then. I, I guess I was not paying close enough attention. That's okay. That's okay. He going. Um, but the design of it was based off of a real mansion that is in Spain. And when I go to Spain for that trip, you know. The trip next week. Uh, yeah, next week. You go to Spain. Go into Spain. I will be visiting Casa Batlo, B-A-T-L-L-O. You probably should just show somebody rather than trying to tell them. Yeah, yeah. Um, You should show them it written down. Batyo. 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 And it was uh, designed by an artist named Gaudi. The director of this movie wanted the mansion to look not like a traditional haunted house, which are so often like Victorian in style so he went with something more inspired and i love him for that because i love this mansion it's cool looking like it's it's definitely very they do a good job of yes of making it it quite frightening yeah i didn't know that that's very cool that is not on my list of things oh wow way to go thank you thank you very much you did it (laughs) (laughs) go on this film was written by two women named Sherry Stoner and Deanna Oliver, who also went on to write a movie called My Favorite Martian, the movie adaptation of that. You've seen that movie, right? I we talked about that. love that movie. Okay, Are I, you kidding? So I remember liking it as a kid. I haven't seen it in forever, though. Hold on. like the, the I, don't, I don't. It's not new, but I feel like there was an original. And then so there was like it. a television show. And it got oh. made, I think it was a TV show. There was something, and this got, this was like an adaptation or a remake or something. I'm pretty sure. With Christopher Lloyd? And, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Who was the other person? Uh, he was the, who's the not Jim Carrey Dumb and Dumber? Who's the other guy? What's his name? Jeff always, Daniels? Yeah. Like, I remember thinking that movie was I funny. I love that movie. 
movie. Well, good. I'm glad they. Christine Ebersole's in that movie. She plays know. like the quirky neighbor. Who is Christine Ebersole? She's like a she's a Broadway actress. Uh, she's been in some movies, but I think she's mainly known for Broadway. Gotcha. I think. Okay, cool. Very cool. One cool thing about Sherry Stoner is that she's actually the anime. Her last name. Yes. <laughs> That's the too. only thing that makes her cool. Two cool things about <laughs> Sherry Stoner. One, her last name. And two is she was actually the animation reference model for both Ariel and the Little Mermaid and Belle and Beauty and the Beast. Wow. And so I, when I was reading this, they even attribute Ariel frequently biting her lower lip to Sherry. Oh, because this is apparently something she does as well. Another thing about the writers, both of these women have worked at the Groundlings Theater in Hollywood. And for those of you who don't know what that is, I'd assume you do. Yeah. But uh, they're basically a sketch and improv comedy troupe in school that has like an unbelievable lineup of alumni. Like I always think of Melissa McCarthy. Whenever yeah. I hear that name, that's or yeah, that's that's who I think of. Will Farrell, Kathy Griffin, Phil yeah. Hartman, Will Forte, Phil Lamar, Lisa Kudrow, Conan O'Brien, Kristen Wig, Maya Rudolph, Rita Wilson, Oscar Nunez, Daryl Hannah, John Lovitz, even Tyra Banks. <laughs> now Deanna Oliver doesn't even work in film anymore. She straight up teaches and directs at the Groundlings. Oh, nice. Like, to this day, apparently. So I thought that was really neat. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, one other alumni name that I left out solely because it's part of this next point that I'm about to make is famous director, writer, producer, and Star Wars ruiner, J.J. Abrams. (laughs) Now, apparently, he was brought in to do an uncredited rewrite of the movie's ending. And before J.J., we never saw Casper turn back into a human. That was something that he introduced. Oh. So that means that Devin Sawa, or Sawa, Sawa. uh, (laughs) that guy wouldn't have been in this movie without J.J. Abrams. Without J.J. Abrams, yeah. honestly, what's cool about this is that at that point, he had only ever been like TV shows and then Little Giants. So this was a big deal for for him. He even wound up getting a movie with Christina Ricci called Now and Then that got made like soon after this because they knew each other because she recommended him. So this really helped his career. I just can't believe this. I'm literally going to bite your throat. I am so blown away. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> this is good information. At I least know it is. At it's least in, fake it. It's in my notes too. Just acknowledge that I beat you to it, bitch. <laughs> There's no winners here. No one wins. I will edit it so to make it look like you lose and I win. You're such an ass. I'm editing this episode. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you'll definitely edit this one because there's barely anything to fucking edit. Yep, and it'll come out in November. (laughs) I feel bad that you, you know, barely did any research and have to steal all of mine. You're so right. This was my plan all along. (sighs) Sorry, everyone. (laughs) I want to say something. This uh, movie was filmed in Rockport, Maine. There is no friendship whatever town of friendship. It was filmed in Rockport. There were plans to have Wendy the Good Little Witch. She she was also like a property of the Harvey comics that they kind of, you know, mushed together. Yes. <laughs> I Yeah, okay. I, I know who she is because she's, she's Hillary Duff in the other movie. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's a separate property. Yeah. And they were going to have her make like a an appearance in the film and kind of work her into the story. 
But in order to do that, they would need to buy her rights as well. And that was far too expensive. So they're like, we're scrapping that. However, I read somewhere that to pay homage to that, they made Christina Ricci wear a red hood at some point in the movie. And for the life of me, I cannot remember when that happened. Do you have any recollection of that whatsoever? Because her costume wasn't, her costume was the wedding dress. It was like a wedding dress, yeah. I don't know. Could it have been been. like a red jacket hood? Maybe. That's a cop out. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it. That's really cool that they did that. It's funny though. That they would be like, oh, this big feature film that we're going to do that's going to play in theaters, um, we want to save money on it. So we're not going to buy you here, but for yeah, the... the straight-to-DVD, terrible, terrible movie, exactly. we're going <laughs> to buy the rights to it. I don't know exactly what happened. That's weird. Steven Spielberg was an executive producer on this film, and he's the one that hired Brad Silverling because he was a fan of his television directing work. He's also the reason they were able to get cameos from Rodney Dangerfield, Mel Gibson, and Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. So he apparently told these guys that he too was filming a cameo for the film. Which he did. Yeah, but funnily enough, it got cut because of pacing. <laughs> That's really funny that like, I'm going to be in it too, guys. But then he got cut out. But he said that he was happy about it because he didn't consider himself a good actor. He's like one of the greatest directors that ever lived. But each of those cameos were like three seconds. Yeah. (laughs) I don't don't know. Yeah. I don't. (laughs) I think he would have been fine. And speaking of cameos, you remember, I think it was like in take one or take two. I don't know. I was saying that I did not like that scary priest. No, the scary priest. Oh, with his head turned around. His head turns around. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so like there have been points in time in my life where I feel like I recognize that person. I don't know who the hell it is, but for some reason he looks somewhat familiar to me. And when I found out that this is a character from SNL named Father Guido Sarducci, I thought, okay, maybe I'd seen him on SNL. And he's played by an actor named Don Novello. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but like what is crazy is, is that he's hosted the show twice, has like been in several cold opens. He has 31 appearances on SNL, the most of any of the recurring characters. <laughs> Do you have him up? Can I see him? Yeah. I want to see him outside of his. I like don't recognize him like that. Who is this? But man? like that, I just do like i don't know now i'm wondering if my family because his whole thing was like yes piece of cake piece of crumb cake i wonder if that was his character i wonder if my family kept repeating that because it was from snl and not necessarily this there's movie. a very decent possibility that they've recognized him what time is it from that as well i'm it's gonna call 10-19. my mother okay it's 10 19 i mean is she asleep let me text her normally they're in bed at like 10 but if she texts back i'll call her but okay. that's crazy i don't i don't recognize that man at all yeah it's weird. Also, it was funny. Apparently, he went to the Vatican City as that character oh my and got God. arrested for impersonating a priest. Oh, my God. Yeah. Guess who just texted back? Sup? Hi, Ma. Hi. Uh, I'm Hi, with- Mama Sato. Hey, how are you? Wonderful. How are you? I'm good. We are recording for Casper right now. Do you mind being on the podcast for a bit? We have a question. What's your question? You don't, <laughs> we don't have to include this, but we just found out some interesting trivia. Do you, rem- do you remember the movie Casper? I do. Okay. In the beginning, when they are like introducing the house or they're trying to exercise it, they send a priest in and he has like a catchphrase. Do you remember what that catchphrase is? I do not. Oh, come on. Okay, so he goes into the house and then he comes back out and his head's on backwards. Do you, Is that jogging your memory at all? Not at all. If I said, it's a piece of cake. 
Could you finish that? Mm-mm. Oh my god. I know. Can you know how many years it's been since I've seen that? Are you telling me you don't have like a useless memory like me where I remember useless details? <laughs> and I don't even remember a priest being in that movie. It was like for two seconds. It was very brief in the beginning. It's when they're trying to exercise the ghosts out of the mansion. They send a priest in. He was like, yeah, it's a piece of cake. Piece of crumb cake. <laughs> Do you remember that? I remember that, no. Oh my God, that kills me. Oh, well, never mind then. Are we talking about the Christina Ricci one? Yes, with Bill Pullman? Yeah, I I don't remember that. Now I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Probably. It's in the beginning, so you probably don't have to watch the whole thing. But I, (laughs) okay, never mind then. (laughs) Well, so what we discovered was apparently that priest was an SNL character and I spent this whole episode talking about how growing up, we would always say, we would always like repeat his line. We would always be like, oh, yeah, it's a piece of cake, piece of crumb cake. Oh, was that Paolo Salducci? Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> it came back around. Yes. Do we get sick for that? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but, okay, so now. You saved it. That's great. <laughs> my my thing was like, we used to say that all the time growing up. And I always thought. Sarducci. Yeah, Sarducci. Yes. 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 So I was I was under the impression that we we had that phrase repeated from Casper, but now I'm wondering it was that a catchphrase just from his character in SNL? But see, uh, I, I don't know if you remember now. Uh, I remember his character, but I couldn't I couldn't say Damn. whether or not that was something. I mean, you'd have to research that. Well, yeah. <laughs> take four, <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> yeah, take four. <laughs> Well, thank you, Ma. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to have to uh, make you get up in there. <laughs> get your phone again. What's he laughing about? You are. You. You're funny. <laughs> nothing, nothing. Um, thank You're you. You're amazing. Thank you so much for answering the phone. Why are you making fun of me, now? No, We're we not. love you We're... so much. We are literally not making fun of you. You are just funny. I will let you go to sleep. Sorry for interrupting you, but thank you well, for... I'm all awake now. <laughs> You gotta watch Casper. <laughs> All the skits, and I'll be thinking, "Geez, mm, I was in the seventies and early eighties." Yeah, this was early nineties, right? That is so funny that oh. the issue. Remember, like it, yeah. we were like, "Oh no!" But oh my god, <laughs> it clicked! It clicked finally. That's awesome. Apparently, he's. What did you say? He was like the most. Yeah, so he's been on the show thirty-one times, which is crazy to me. Like that character has shown up thirty-one times. We didn't recognize him outside of that priest outfit. Like we have no idea who this man is. But um, but anyway, well, I mean, it makes sense because he was a regular act, and you know, it's just like you know Dana Carvey's characters were and i mean at the time he was one of the most popular yeah he was fun well i'll have to look up his skits to confirm yeah that that will and hopefully his head stays on me (laughs) he like flips his head around that always scared me (laughs) i don't remember that at all now i'm gonna have to go back and watch the movie casper's on netflix it's on netflix and it's like the very beginning so you really don't have to suffer through all of it but it's you know it's still a good it's a good it's a good oh, moment it's a good movie it is no, a good movie what's wrong with you <laughs> suffer through it i'll let you go to bed thank you ma i appreciate it okay <laughs> love, love you. you thank you love you dad bye, bye. love you bye, bye. well <laughs> god <laughs> She's going to think we're laughing at her. No, I'm not laughing at her. I just thought it was just so funny because you're like, well, you need to research that. <laughs> you said, well, <laughs> this was the, this was the research. <laughs> like, take full part. <laughs> <laughs>
Is this gonna be our second episode where we have a take four? No, and, and the take four, shit. The take four is just this a tiny piece of uh, information, <laughs> and then the outro. Jesus Christ, this has been. I don't even want to finish the rest of what I have. Like I'm, I think I'm just done. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm done. Okay, let's be done. That's fine. <laughs> Hey everyone, thank you all for listening to episode 65 of Take 3, a movie podcast. And a very special thank you to Jordan's parents for the impromptu guest appearance. We love you guys so much. If you enjoyed this episode as much as we did, you can check out all of our content over at Take3AMP.com. Also, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever podcast app you use, as well as following us on Instagram at Take3AMP. I'm sure we'll be back soon, but until then, happy listening and happy Halloween, everyone. Ooh, ooh, ah, ah.